Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with the one and only Mr. Jonathan Twomley. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Michael. And we're about to talk about a topic that is very close to my heart, being a geek. Being <laughs> a data geek, absolutely. So uh, just so we're clear and give full credit, this is coming from Jonathan Gray. Uh, I think it's general partner, president, and COO of Blackstone. Q3 yep. 2022 earnings call. This is from his Twitter feed. I'm just reading uh, a text. Uh, basically says when you, and this was at minute 31 in one second, when you take the cost of capital from zero to four and debt capital widens, right? That's the margin I keep talking on my channel. Even more with spreads widening, people start to think about deleveraging, paying down their debt. They're less focused on expansion. They're more cautious. And that's going to lead to slowing that will over time, slowing over time. And that's what we're anticipating, and that's what we're telling our companies. So I think that's something that all companies need to think about. What does that mean to you? Well, I mean, so it's absolutely true. When the, when the debt, you know, there's nothing there's nothing magical or bad about four uh, percent interest rates, right? I mean, nice. we've had oh. them most of your 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 and I your and my lives, right? This oh. is kind of normal. So there yeah. there's nothing nothing inherently good or bad about that number. The, the difference is the speed with which we got there, right? And it so was the speed, yeah. it was the speed. And, and I think it really took a lot of people by surprise. And uh, and that's kind of why we're having so much disruption. And the markets, like markets can cope with anything except uncertainty. That's what freaks them out. And so so you've got, you've got um, you know, a lot of people wanting to go back to low interest rates because that's what they know but you know what they'll be fine they'll adjust to the new normal they'll see it's fine and well life will go on but what i want to talk about though is that is this concept you may have heard us talking about this before it's called the, the risk-free rate of return and yeah. if you are as ancient as michael and i are mm -hmm. when you studied finance you learned about the risk-free rate of return and basically what that is is it is if you and Michael, maybe you might be able to explain this better. I'm going to try to work my way through it and you correct me if I'm wrong. But it, the idea is that you always have the option to buy treasuries, right? And it's risk-free, right? And there is a rate, whatever the treasuries are paying, you know that they're with 100% certainty that you are going to get your money back and you're going to get this rate of interest. And so it is considered the risk-free rate of return. And every investment must be measured against that risk-free rate of return and you must get a risk premium that accounts for the fact that it is riskier than zero risk, right? So every investment has to be measured against this risk-free rate of return. Now, the issue over the last 10 years has been that with treasuries at or near zero, the, the, there has been no risk-free rate of return in any meaningful sense. I mean, technically, yes, the risk-free rate of return was zero or it was 0.01 or whatever, right? So, but what that does is it makes everything else seem less risky, right? And yeah. so- Yeah, it, it really, it does. It's not hard to beat 0.1. Exactly, right. And so, and you have what is called the, uh, the search for yield, right? So mm -hmm. what happens is as that risk-free rate of return lowers and you have all kinds of, you know, investors you know look back in the day we were always told we need to have part of our portfolio in treasury bills because that mm -hmm. was yeah. certain right that was the 60 40 portfolio yeah. was a big deal forever yeah 
Yeah, that would protect us against volatility, right? So maybe we weren't going to get a huge amount of return, but we were protected against the downside and, and you wanted that, right? That became meaningless, right? So a whole swath of investors had nowhere to put their money for, for the safe portion of their portfolio. Plus you have institutions like insurance companies that more or less that was all they could invest in, right? Yeah. They And they could invest in treasuries, they could invest in like blue chip real estate and, and like not much else, right? So- and when treasuries were paying zero yield, they all had to go, well, where did they go? They all went into real estate, right? All mm -hmm. those people who needed to get yield in their portfolio, where did they go? They they went to real estate, right? Yeah. And what happens when you have a risk-free rate of return that's zero, you wind up having a lot of money going into really wacky stuff because the whole calculus is, is messed up. Now we're going back to a normal world where there is a meaningful risk-free rate of return. And suddenly a lot of things don't look so good anymore. Right. Exactly. So, so, you know, so a piece of property and property is still riskier than treasuries. That's returning you only 3%. Yeah. It, it doesn't it, look so good. Right. Because you yeah, can just go. There's and two put pieces it into treasuries, to this. Right? Yeah. There are two pieces to this that got out of whack. First, there is, you know, hey, risk was zero or, or yeah, treasuries were zero or barely zero. So you were chasing for yield. But I think what's going to burn most people is the margin. They, they got addicted to, hey, I, you know, uh, if I get 2%, I'm, you know, I'm up 2000%, right? Because yep. risk is 0.1. And that's what's going to burn people, right? If we go from zero to four, we went there very quickly. You know, you're not going to get a 2000% return on 4%. Right. It's not going to be 80% return. So the, the the margin is even worse. And I think that's what's going to cut yeah. deep because people don't people don't, they're not used to risk, right? Yeah. They're they have an added margin. They don't know how to do it. It's it's going to hurt a lot of people. Yeah. And and it's gonna, you know, it's not simply the people who bought, say, stocks on margin, right? There's I mean, if you think about it, like every real estate play is a margin play. Right? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, so, if, you, if yeah. your debt's at three and your cap's four, you have positive positive gearing. But if it resets at six, you're negative. Right. I mean, th there's all, right. all kinds of people that are going to be hurt by this because they didn't they didn't realize they were in a fake economy. Right. And the thing is, I remember for, for a long time, people sort of arguing with me when I was saying, like, these cap rates are crazy. People should really be thinking hard. I don't about understand, this. Jonathan. The world is different. Well, not, not just that, but they said it's all about the spread, right? Uh, the only thing that matters is the spread between interest rates and cap rates. And, and that's, and like, who cares beyond that you're getting, Ugh. you're borrowing this money and you're getting the spread. Right. And so, yeah, that's fine. As long as it works, right. As long as, <laughs> as long as, as long as the interest got. rate doesn't yeah. change, but Bingo. then, but then what happens? Well, what if it does? And I remember, and I would have this conversation. Well, I don't know. I mean, interest rates are historically low. That says to me they're going to go back in the other direction sometime. They're here of regression to the mean, folks. Yeah, and and people would say no, they're going to stay low forever because look at this chart, right? And they would always pull out this chart where interest 40 rates years. have been trending down. Yeah, for forty years, right? And there's a whole lot of you know reasons why that happened, but that doesn't mean forever. Nothing is forever, right? So oh, you yeah. you had to be thinking about well, where could it go from here? And the, the, the if it was that low, the chances were the, old, the way it was going was the other direction, right? I mean, wasn't going to just like asymptotically get towards closer and closer. Yeah, and we closer were going negative forever. Yeah. Yeah. We were going negative either. So, yeah. uh, so that you always had to have that in the back of your mind. And I think a lot of people just didn't want to think about it. Right. And it was and now, easy, Jonathan. We got addicted to easy money. Yes. And now those people are paying the price. The people who, you know, it, it in every crash, right. Who gets hurt? 
or the, the people who kind of fall into, there's a specific person who gets hit the most. And they're the people who bought last, I hit the top of the market and they bought with a lot of leverage, right? And so yeah, it's the debt, debt that kills yeah. you, right? You could, you could actually survive. If you went and you bought a property at the absolute top of the market and you overpaid by, by 50% for that property, but you paid all cash, guess what? You can just ride that out forever until it may take 50 years, but you can ride it out for 50 years until you're back, you know, and you can sell at a profit, even though, you know, in real terms, your profit's zilch, but yeah. still you won't. Nominal. nominal right. Yeah. But what happens when you have debt? Well, at some point, the bank wants its money back. Exactly. And if your property has fallen to value, you can't just ride it out. You got to come up, you know. Your property's gone down by 50%. Well, you still owe the bank regardless. And if you yeah, can't the pay, debt doesn't go you, down. Yeah, you lose the property. And that's that's the issue with debt. And that's why it's always the debt that kills you. So you have to be careful with debt. And it's always it always looks fine until the, the very end. And so, and this is exactly what happened in the great financial crisis. The people who got hurt were not the people who necessarily overpaid. They were the people who their, their debt was what killed them, right? So they over leveraged. And then they had too many mouths to feed and they couldn't just didn't work. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, yeah. This is going to be an amazing time. Make sure you watch video number two from our uh, weekly series. We talk about 1,457 properties that are in trouble on their DSCR. A lot of this is because of uh, buying at the top and debt structure. But before we do, Jonathan, where can people find you? Yes, please come and join the conversation with me in my Facebook group, uh, which is called Apartment Investors Club. If you go there, I have a free video series in the guide section uh, that is about how to do a syndication, how to find deals from brokers, how to raise money and mindset. And even if you're not doing syndications, uh, you'll definitely want to see the the videos on how to get deals from brokers yes. uh, because that applies to everybody and the mindset video applies to everybody. So, you know, just for those two things, you know, please come along and join our group. We have great conversation there. Uh, and if you would like to get on my email list, um, I give you a free download called uh, The Ultimate Checklist, which tells you everything you need to know about uh, syndicating deals. Again, this will help you if you're looking for 100 unit deals, but it'll really help you for any kind of deal you're looking at uh, because it just tells you everything that you need to know. The process is the same. doesn't matter how many zeros are on the end of the unit count. Same mm -hmm. process. So uh, you can get that at my website, which is apartmentinvestorsclub.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Been a great Absolutely. week. Absolutely. Thank you. You too. Mm -hmm.